Pendant Audio presents William Shakespeare's Troilus and Cressida, Act One, Part One, The Thing Ungained. In Troy, there lies the scene. From planet of Greece, the princes Orgulus, their high blood chafed, have to the orbit of Athens sent their ships, fraught with the ministers and instruments of cruel war. Sixty and nine that wore their crown its regal from the Athenian bay put forth toward Phrygia, and their vow is made to ransack Troy, within whose strong emures the ravished Helen, Menelaus' queen, with wanton Paris sleeps. And that's the quarrel. To Tenedos they come, and the deep-drawing barks do their disgorge, their warlike fraughtage. Now on Darden plains, the fresh and yet unbruised Greeks do pitch their brave pavilions. Priam's six-gated city, Darden and Timbria, Helios, Cheetahs, Trojan and Antenorides, with massy staples and corresponsive and fulfilling bolts, spur up the sons of Troy. Now expectation, tickling skittish spirits, on one and other side, Trojan and Greek, sets all on hazard. Now good or bad, tis but the chance of war. My valet, I'll unarm again. But why should I war without the walls of Troy that find such cruel battle here within? Each Trojan that is master of his heart, let him to feel Troilus, alas, hath none. Will this gear ne'er be mended? The Greeks are strong and skillful to their strength, fierce to their skill and to their fierceness valiant. But I am weaker than a woman's tear. Tamer than sleep, fonder than ignorance, less valiant than the virgin in the night, and skillless as unpractised infancy. Well, I have told you enough of this. For my part, I'll not meddle nor make no further. He that will have a cake out of the wheat must needs tarry the grinding. Have I not tarried? Aye, the grinding. But you must tarry the bolting. Have I not tarried? Aye, the bolting. But you must tarry the leavening. Still have I tarried. Aye, to the leavening. But here's yet in the word hereafter the kneading, the making of the cake, the heating of the oven, and the baking. Nay, you must stay the cooling too, or you may chance to burn your lips. Patience herself. What goddess e'er she be, doth lesser blench at sufferance than I do. At Prime's royal table do I sit, and when fair Cressid comes into my thoughts, so traitor, when she comes, when is she thence? Well, she looked yesternight, fairer than ever I saw her look, or any woman else. I was about to tell thee 
when my heart, as wedged with a sigh, would writhe in twain, lest Hector or my father should perceive me, I have, as when the sun doth light a storm, buried this sigh in a wrinkle of a smile. But sorrow, that is couched in seeming gladness, is like a mirth fate turns to sudden sadness. And her hair were not somewhat darker than Helen's. Well, go to. There were no more comparison between the women. But, for my part, she is my kinswoman. I would not, as the term it, praise her. But I would somebody had heard her talk yesterday as I did. I will not dispraise your sister Cassandra's wit, but... Oh, Pandrus! I tell thee, Pandrus, when I do tell thee, there my hopes lie drowned. Reply not in how many fathoms deep they lie entrenched. I tell thee I am mad in Cresset's love. Thou answerest, she is fair. Porced in the open ulcer of my heart, her eyes, her hair, her cheek, her gait, her voice, handlest in thy discourse. Oh, that her hand, in whose comparison all whites are ink, writing their own reproach, to whose soft seizure the signets down in harsh and spirit of sense, hard as the palm of a ploughman. This thou tellest me, as true thou tellest me, when I say I love her, but, saying thus, instead of oil and balm, thou layest in every gas that love hath given me the knife that made it. I speak no more than truth. Thou dost not speak so much. Faith, I'll not meddle in it. Let her be as she is. If she be fair, it is the better for her. As she be not, she has the ends in her own hands. Good Pandarus. How now, Pandarus? I have had my labour for my travail. Ill thought on of her and ill thought on of you, gone between and between, but small thanks for my labour. What art thou angry, Pandarus? What with me? Because she's kin to me. Therefore she's not so fair as Helen. And she were not kin to me, she would be as fair on Friday as Helen is on Sunday. But what care I? I care not, and she were a blackamoor. Tis all one to me. Say I she is not fair? I do not care, whether you do or no. She's a fool to stay behind her mother. Better to the Greeks, and so I'll tell her the next time I see her. For my part, I'll meddle nor make nor more I the matter. Pandarus? Not I. Sweet Pandarus. Pray you speak no more to me. I will leave all as I found it, and there an end. Gracious clamours, peace root sounds, fools on both sides. Helen must needs be fair, when with your blood your daily paint her verse. I cannot fight upon this argument. It is too starved a subject for my sword. Oh, God, how do you plague me? I cannot come to Cresset but by Panda, and he's as tetchy to be wooed to woo. As she is stubborn, chaste, against all suit. Tell me, Apollo, 
for thy Daphne's love. What Cressidus? What Panda? What we? Her bed is India. There she lies, a pearl. Between our Ilium and where she resides, let it be called the wild and wandering flood. Our self the merchant and this sailing panda, our doubtful hope, our convoy and our bark. How now, Prince Troilus? Wherefore? Not a field. Because not there. <laughs> this woman's answer sorts. For woman as it is to be from thence. What news, Aeneas? from the field today. That Paris is returned home and hurt. By whom, Aeneas? By Menelaus. Ha! <laughs> Let Paris bleed. It is but a scar to scorn. Paris is gored with Menelaus' horn. <laughs> ha! What good sport is out of town today? Better at home if would I might were may. But to the sport abroad, are you bound thither? In all swift haste. Come. Who are those went by? Queen Hecuba and uh, Helen. And whither go they? Up to the eastern tower whose height commands as subject all the vale to see the battle. Hmm. Hector, whose patience is as a virtue fixed, today was moved. He chide Andromache and struck his armorer, and, like as there were husbandry in war, before the sun rose, he was harnessed light, and to the field goes he, where every flower did as a prophet weep what it foresaw in Hector's wrath what was his cause of anger the noise goes this there is among the Greeks a lord of Trojan blood nephew to Hector they call him Ajax good and what of him they say he is a very man, per se, and stands alone. So do all men, unless they are drunk, sick, or have no legs. This man, lady, hath robbed many beasts of their particular additions. He is as valiant as the lion, churlish as the bear, slow as the elephant. A man into whom nature hath so crowded humors that his valor is crushed into folly, his folly sauced with discretion. There is no man hath a virtue that he hath not a glimpse of, nor any man an attempt but he carries some stain of it. He is melancholy without cause, and merry against the hair. He hath the joints of everything, but everything so out of joint that he is a gouty Briarius, many hands and no use, or purblind Argus, all eyes and no sight. <laughs> but how should this man that makes me smile make Hector angry? 
They say he yesterday copped Hector in the battle and struck him down. Mm. The disdain and shame whereof hath ever since kept Hector fasting and waking. Who comes here? Madam? Mm. Your uncle, Pandarus. Hector's a gallant man. As may be in the world, lady. What's that? What's that? Good morrow, Uncle Pandarus. Good morrow, Cousin Cressid. What do you talk of? Good morrow, Alexanar. Mm. How do you, cousin? Mwah. Mwah. Oh. <laughs> when were you at Ilium? This morning, Uncle. What were you talking of when I came? Was Hector armed and gone ere ye came to Ilium? Helen was not up, was she? Hector was gone, but Helen was not up. Even so, Hector was stirring early. That will be talking of, and of his anger. True, he was so. I know the cause, too. He'll lay about him today. I can tell them that, and there's Troilus will not come far behind him. Let them take heed of Troilus. I can tell them that too. <laughs> what? Is he angry too? Who? Troilus? Troilus is the better man of the two. Oh, Jupiter, there's no comparison. What? Not between Troilus and Hector? Do you know a man if you see him? Aye, if I ever saw him before and knew him. Well, I say Troilus is Troilus. Then you say as I say, for I am sure he is not Hector. No, nor Hector is not Troilus in some degrees. Tis just to each of them. He is himself. Himself? Alas, poor Troilus. And would he were? He is not Hector. Himself? No, he's not himself. Would a were himself? Well, the gods are above. Time must friend or end. Well, Troilus, well, I would my heart were in her body. No, Hector is not a better man than Troilus. <laughs> Excuse me? The others not come to it. You shall tell me another tale when the others come to it. Hector shall not have his wit this year. He shall not need it if he have his own. Nor his qualities. <laughs> no matter. Nor his beauty. It would not become him. His own's better. I swear to you, I think Helen loves him better than Paris. <laughs> then she's a merry Greek indeed. Nay, I'm sure she does. She came to him the other day into the compassed window. And you know, he has not passed three or four hairs on his chin. Indeed, a tapster's arithmetic may soon bring his particulars therein to a total. <laughs> Why, he is very young. And yet will he, within three pound, lift as much as his brother Hector? <laughs> Is he so young a man and so old a lifter? But to prove to you that Helen loves him, she came and puts me her white hand to his cloven chin. Juno, have mercy, how came it cloven? Why, you know, tis dimpled. I think his smiling becomes him better than any man in all Phrygia. Oh, he smiles valiantly. Does he not? Oh, yes, and 'twere a cloud in autumn. Why, 
go to then. But to prove to you that Helen loves Troilus. Troilus will stand to the proof if you prove it so. Troilus? Why? He esteems her no more than I esteem an idle egg. If you love an idle egg as well as you love an idle head, you would eat chickens in the shell. I cannot choose but laugh. To think how she tickled his chin, indeed. She has a marvellous white hand, I must needs confess. <sighs> Without the rack. And she takes upon her to spy a white hair on his chin. <laughs> Alas, poor chin, many a wart is richer. Oh, but there was such laughing. Queen Hecuba laughed at her eyes, Vanoa. With millstones. And Cassandra laughed. But there was more temperate fire under the port of her eyes. Did her eyes run over too? And Hector laughed. And what was all this laughing? Mary! <laughs> and the white hair that Helen spied on Troy's chin. <laughs> and had been a green hair, I should have laughed too. They laughed. Not so much at the hair, as at his pretty answer. What was his answer? Quoth she, Here's but two and fifty hairs on your chin, and one of them is white. This is her question. That's true. Make no question of that. Two and fifty hairs, quoth he, and one white. That white hair is my father, and all the rest are his sons. Jupiter. Quoth she, which of these hairs is Paris, my husband? The forked one, quoth he, pluck it out and give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> but there was such laughing, and Helen so blushed, and, and Paris so chafed, and all the rest so laughed, that it passed. <laughs> so let it now, for it has been a great while going by. Well, cousin, I told you a thing yesterday. Think on it. So I do. I'll be sworn, tis true. He will weep you, and twere a man born in April. And I'll spring up in his tears, and twere a nettle against May. Hark, they are coming from the field. Shall we stand up here and see them as they pass towards Ilium? Good niece, do, sweet niece, Cressida. <laughs> At your pleasure. Here, here, here's an excellent place. Here we may see most bravely. I'll tell you them all by their names as they pass by. But mark Troilus above the rest. Speak not so loud. That's Aeneas. Is not that a brave name? She's one of the flowers of Troy. I can tell you, but mark Troilus. You shall see anon. Ah, oh, who's that? That's Antador. He has a shrewd wit, I can tell you. When comes Troilus, I'll show you Troilus anon. If he sees me, you shall see him nod at me. <laughs> Will he give you the nod? You shall see. If he do, the rich shall have more. That's Hector, that, that, look you, that. There's a fellow. Go thy way, Hector. There's a brave man, this. Oh, brave Hector. Look how he looks. 
There's a countenance. Isn't not a brave man? Oh, a brave man. Is a not. It does a man's heart good. Look you what hacks are on his helmet. Look you yonder. Do you see? Look you there. There's no jesting. There's laying on. Take it off who will, as they say. There be hacks. Be those with swords? Swords? Anything. He cares not. And the devil come to him, it's all one. By God's lid, it does one's heart good. Yonder comes Paris. Yonder comes Paris. Look ye yonder. Nice. Isn't not a gallant man, too? Isn't not? Why, this is brave now. Who said he came hurt home today? He's not hurt? Why, this will do Helen's heart good now. Ha! Would I could see Troilus now. Who shall see Troilus anon? Oh, who's that? That's Elenus. I marvel where Troilus is. That's Elenus. I think he went not forth today. That's Elenus. Can Elenus fight, Uncle? Elenus? No. Yes, he'll fight indifferent well. I marvel where Troilus is. Hark! Do you not hear the people cry, Troilus? Elenus is a priest. What sneaking soldier comes yonder? Where? Yonder? That's Diphobus. Ah, oh, tis Troilus! There's a man, niece. Hmm, brave Troilus, the prince of chivalry. Peace, for shame, peace. Mark him. Note him, O oh, brave Troilus. Look well upon him, niece. Look you how his sword is bloodied, and his helm more hacked than Hector's, and how he looks, and how he goes. O oh, admirable youth! He ne'er saw three and twenty. Go thy way, Troilus, go thy way! Had I a sister, were a grace, or a daughter, or a goddess, he should take his choice. O oh, admirable man! Paris? Paris is dirt to him, and I warrant Helen, to change, would give an eye to boot. Here come more. Asses, fools, dolts, chaff and bran. Chaff and bran. Porridge after meat. I could live and die the eyes of Troilus. Ne'er look, ne'er look. The eagles are gone. Crows and doors. Crows and doors. I had rather be such a man as Troilus than Agamemnon and all Greece. There is among the Greeks Achilles, a better man than Troilus. Achilles? A draymon? A porter? A very camel? Ah, uh, well, well. Well, well? Why have you any discretion? Have you any eyes? Do you not know a man is? Is not birth, beauty, good shape, discourse, manhood, learning, gentleness, virtue, youth, liberality, and such like the spice and salt that season a man? Aye, a minced man. And then to be baked with no date in the pie, for then the man's date is out. You are such a woman. One knows not at what ward you lie. 
Upon my back to defend my belly. Upon my wit to defend my wiles. Upon my secrecy to defend mine honesty. My mask to defend my beauty. And you to defend all these. And at all these wards I lie. At a thousand watches. Say one of your watches. Nay, I'll watch you for that. And that's one of the chiefest of them too. If I cannot ward what I would not have hit, I can watch you for telling how I took the blow. <laughs> Unless it's swell past hiding, and then it's past watching. <laughs> you are such another. Sir, my lord would instantly speak with you. Where? At your own house. There he unarms him. Good bot. Tell him I come. Um. I doubt he be hurt. Fare you well, good niece. Adieu, uncle. I'll be with you, niece, by and by. To bring, uncle? Aye, a token from Troilus. By the same token, you are a bod. Words, vows, gifts, tears, and love's full sacrifice he offers in another's enterprise. <laughs> but more in Troilus thousandfold, I see, than in the glass of Panda's praise may be. Yet hold I off. Women are angels wooing. Things one are done. Joy's soul lies in the doing. But she beloved knows not that knows not this. Men prize the thing ungained more than it is. That she was never yet that ever knew love got so sweet as when desire did sue. Therefore this maxim out of love I teach. Achievement is command. Ungained, beseech. Then though my heart's content, firm love doth bear. Nothing of that shall from mine eyes appear. The Pendant Shakespeare, also known as the Wild Bill Variety Show. Troilus and Cressida, Act One, Part One. Featuring the voice talents of Paul Brueggemann as Troilus, Emmeline Tuck as Cressida, Gavin Folland as Pandarus, Julia Eve as Aeneas and the Prologue, Melissa Sheldon as Robot LX-NR, Angelique Lazarus as Robot B-O-Y. Written by William Shakespeare. Dramaturgy and audio adaptation by Morgan Z. Sowell. Directed by James Rossi and Joel Rowan. Music by Josh Molan at thetunepeddler.com. Pendant Shakespeare theme by Landon Bell. Produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2019 Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.